When I was a kid, I, I have an uncle I, up in the Pendleton, and he's a cool uncle. I, I just have to say, he, I, have a, I have some really cool uncles, actually. Uh, but uh, this one in Pendleton, he's in his early 80s now. He was an engineer for General Motors, actually holds some patents on uh, tail lights and stuff in cars that were GM cars. A brilliant guy. Uh, I always tell the story one year when he was 75, he was going to Florida for vacation. He was taking a physics book just to read for fun. Now that's kind of, wow. You know, so, but anyways, I remember as a kid, and he, he was really a fun uncle, and um, he used to do magic tricks at the table. You know, pull a bar of soap out of your ear, pull a coin behind your ear, do all those things. And I have always been fascinated by magic. Now I'm not talking about you know, sorcery and all that. I'm just talking about good old fool people with sleight of hand things. And, and I have a confession to make that even my wife doesn't know. Um, every week we, we watch uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Us uh, on the CW network. And when I'm ever watching those magicians, I'm always imagining that was me doing those tricks in front of the, in front of people. Because it's just fun to watch people. And, and, I, and I've watched a few videos, but I don't have the tenacity to stick with it and learn it all very well. But, you know, it, what's really weird is you know it's a trick. You know it's a trick, but you're like, how do they do that? How does something that's so seemingly random, he already knows the answer? One we watched last night, it was on YouTube, was the guy, the magician was actually, he was on a screen telling the audience what they were going to do, and at the same time he was actually on the stage in a disguise, and he didn't know it was the magician until at the end he pulled off this like whole face, and he was like, you know, it was like really like, whoa, you know. Uh, it, it was just, it's deception. And there's a little bit of part of us that all likes to be deceived a little bit. All right, that's why we go to magic shows or watch those things, and is we like to kind of be fooled a little bit. Uh, how are they going to do that? Are they real? I got that figured out, and then you find out you're wrong and things like that. And of course, on Foolish, you got the best magicians trying to fool the best magicians uh, of the, uh, and, and see if they can fool them. Because we all like deception. And I don't know about you, but we live in a world, well, I'll tell you a fact, we live in a world full of deception. And we're not talking about just card tricks, okay? That's fun and things like that. But we live in a world of deception. And because we live in a world of deception, a lot of people are really struggling with what they believe. A, real, a lot of people, in fact, a lot of Christians are struggling with what they believe. I mean, unlike any time in human history, we have at our, at our fingertips, right there on our phones or whatever, we, we, we can watch videos, we can watch all different teachers, we can read about all different religions and all sorts of things. We have things that, that used to be kind of in the background, now are in the foreground and things like that. And so there's a lot of messages that are out there today, and a lot of Christians are easily being deceived. If we're not careful, we'll be deceived. And when you start getting deceived, you start drifting away from your faith. There's a lot of Christians, and maybe some in here right now, you say, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm a Christian, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I am, but then I don't know if I am, and things like that. And you may be falling into deception. And, and so this morning, I want to talk to you about how we've got to defeat deception. And I want you to be aware of what's going on around you. I want you, when you watch the news, when you interact with the, the culture and things like that, I want you to look at it through the lens of Scripture, that you look at it through the lens of the Holy Spirit and what He's telling you. Because so many people, even call themselves Christians, and we looked at that, are being deceived. And so we've got to defeat deception. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 2 for just a second. 1 John chapter 2, because how do we keep, as Christ followers, from being deceived? How do we keep 
from being deceived. And that's what I want to talk to you about and why we have to make sure that we defeat deception. So just to give you the context, and we looked at this last week, John is writing about the fact, and this is 2,000 years ago, but it's true today, that many antichrists have come. And that word antichrist means against Christ. And John says there's a lot of people who are even infiltrating the church who are really against Christ. And we see it all around us today. Again, we're exposed to so much, not like any other generation before. And we hear all about karma. We hear all about Allah. We hear about all the great spirit. And, and so many people are buying that into that and saying, hey, you know, it's okay as long as you believe in karma, as long as you believe in Allah, as long as you believe in the great spirit. We just call it God. That's okay. But John's like, no, 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 no. No, that, that's not okay. Because here's the deal. When those same people, if you attach Jesus to it, it becomes a different scenario. All right? If you say, I believe in Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He is the way to eternity, there's a lot of people say, oh, wait, 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 now wait a minute, we can't do that. And I read you some quotes last week that were very, very concerning from, quote, Christian seminaries and Christian people who say, ah, you know, Jesus isn't the only way. And that, what John says, when people start talking like that, they are literally against Christ. I don't care if they call themselves Christians or not, they're against Christ. People who are against Christ deny Christ in some way. They deny his virgin birth. They'll deny his physical resurrection from the dead. They'll deny that he even existed. And they'll go down the list. They'll deny his holiness. They'll deny that he is holy God and holy man. They'll deny that he's the only way to God. And again, people that are against Christ, when it comes to Jesus, you can tell because they'll start denying something about Jesus. And, and let me just tell you all something. We are in a spiritual battle. We really are. It's a spiritual battle. And Satan is a master deceiver. Satan, as Jesus said, is the father of lies. And Satan wants to do everything he can to deceive people. Now, when it comes to unbelievers, he wants to keep them deceived. If he can deceive people who aren't believers into believing that they're okay... If he can deceive people into thinking, hey, I'm a good person, I'm sure I'm going to heaven, Satan's one. If, if he can deceive people, and he does, into saying, hey, it doesn't really matter what you believe just as long as you believe it, then he's one. All right? There's a lot of people who say, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Well, listen, I can sincerely believe I can fly, but if I jump off the skyscraper, I'm going to be sincerely dead. Sincerity doesn't matter anything. All right? You can sincerely believe the wrong thing. But again, Satan deceives a lot of people. Just say, well, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. Hey, as long as you go to church, you're probably in and things like that. So Satan really wants to deceive people. And again, the Bible, God's word, makes it clear that there's only one way to heaven. That is through Jesus Christ. He's the only one that died and rose again. All is dead. He never rose. Well, Muhammad's dead. He never rose again. David Koresh is dead. He's never risen again. Hari Krishna's dead. He's never risen. You can go to all of them. They're all dead. Only Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And that, that is the hinge point, folks. And the gospel is, hey, you've got to come to a point in your life and you say, I know I'm a sinner. I have, and let me just define that word because our culture today doesn't use that word very much. It literally says, I know I have rebelled against God. I know that I have chosen willfully to say, no, I'm going to do my thing, God, and not your thing. And I know I need a Savior. I need somebody to deliver me from my rebellion and the gospel is Jesus died on that cross for your sin, your rebellion. And if you will respond to him and ask him in, to be your Lord and Savior, he will be. If you'll repent and confess and turn to him.
that is the gospel. But Satan wants to keep people deceived so they don't go to that step. Now, if you've gone to that step, and I'm going to say that maybe everybody or a lot of us in here have, maybe some of you watching on Facebook have, and you're like, I know I'm a Christ follower. I know there was a point in my life where I was convicted by God of my rebellion against him, and I repented of that. I confessed it. I got honest with God. I got honest with myself, and I gave it all to Christ. I am trusting him and him alone. That's awesome. Now, Satan's still gunning for you. Because he wants to deceive you. Because if he can deceive us, who are Christ followers, he wants us to drift away. He wants to neutralize us. He wants us to, to maybe, so what you say, fall away. He wants us to become inept in what we do. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy our faith. So if you're a Christ follower, you might say, hey, I wasn't deceived by Satan. Ultimately, I gave my heart to Jesus. That's awesome. But let me tell you, he's still gunning for you. He still wants to deceive you. And the Apostle John knows that's a reality. In fact, look at what he says in verse 26 as we get into our text. He says, I have written these things, and he's talking about antichrists that have come into the world. He's talking about walking in the light, things like that. I have written these things to you, and he's talking to Christ followers. It's very clear in his letter. That's who he's addressing. I have written these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. So again, John gets it. People are trying to deceive even Christ followers. Satan works through people to try and deceive followers of Jesus Christ. It is possible for a Christ follower to be deceived by false teaching. If it wasn't, John wouldn't have written this letter. It's possible for us to be deceived. Just like Penn and Teller, maybe two of the best magicians in the world, it's possible for them to be deceived. That's the whole point of that show. It's possible. For them, and the same thing with Christians, okay? It's possible, if you're a Christ follower, to be deceived. So what do we have to do? We have to defeat this. We have to defeat deception. And why do we have to defeat deception? Let me tell you this. Deception, I think I put it in your thing, it says drifting, but you might want to change that to deception because I changed the word later. Deception will destroy your fellowship, Deception will destroy your fellowship. Look in your Bible here, 1 John chapter 2, verse 24. Look at what John says. What you have heard from the beginning must remain in you. If what you've heard from the beginning remains in you. So John says, what you've heard from the beginning, if that has to stay in the beginning. It has to be in you. Now, what did they hear from the beginning? What you've heard from the beginning. We're sinners. We need a Savior. We've rebelled against God. Jesus Christ is the only way. That's what they had heard from the beginning. And Christ died for us so that if we would respond to his death on the cross on our behalf, that we can have eternal life through Christ. He says that fact has to remain in you. Who you are, whose you are. You have to keep that in mind. That message which you've heard from the beginning must remain in you. Look at what he says in that next part of it. He says, if, and that's a big word, if, what you've heard from the beginning remains in you. And here's the caveat. If, that's, if you keep that message in you, if you keep that front and center, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. In other words, if you will keep the fact that, that you are a sinner who is saved by grace and Christ is your Savior, if you will walk in that message, if you will keep that, you're going to have fellowship with God. You're going to have fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, you're going to be walking in the light, as John said earlier in his, in his letter. That's walking in the light, when you are walking in obedience to God. Now, what happens, though, if it doesn't remain in you? 
What if you start saying, well, I don't know if Jesus maybe is the only way. Well, you know, maybe there's other ways out there. You know, maybe uh, Muslims, you know, they're pretty sincere. They pray five times a day. They go to Mecca. They give to the poor. Maybe they're going too. Well, if you start going down that road, then what John says is, you know what? You're going to be losing your fellowship with God the Father and with his Son. If you lose the message that Jesus is the way of salvation, John says, you're being deceived. If you lose the message that Christ is the way of salvation, then you're out of fellowship with God, the Father, and his Son. Again, let me just make it clear. And again, people who say they're Christians... But they deny Jesus in some way. They are against Christ. They are out of fellowship with God. They are walking in darkness. They are walking definitely in darkness. And you can tell when a person is walking in darkness. They start saying sin is acceptable. When a person is walking in darkness, they say sin is acceptable. When a person is walking in darkness, even though they say they're a Christian, they're more into religious acts than they are a relationship. It's all about the act. It's all about this, you know, we're so solemn in worship. It's all about, you know, or whatever. They're all into the religiosity of it, but not into a relationship with Christ. So again, we have to defeat deception because deception destroys our fellowship with God the Father and with Christ the Son. Here's the deal. When you and I are falling in deception, your prayer life's going to be stale. When, Saint, when, you, when you start buying into Satan's lies, your prayer life's going to be stale. You're not going to be spending time in the Word because, again, it, it, you, you're just going to have other things to do and things like that when you're falling into deception. Your decisions aren't going to be made in light of what God's Word says, the principles in God's Word. It's just going to be like, hey, this, the world's doing it, so why not me? When you fall into deception, that's what you're going to do. So you've got to defeat deception. Why? Here's another reason. Deception destroys peace. When we fall into Satan's deception, which results in drifting, when we start drifting away from God, it's going to destroy your peace. Look at what John says again in verse 24. I want to go back to it. What you have heard from the beginning must remain in you. If what you've heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. Now, I don't know if you mark in your Bibles or not, uh, but you might notice there's a word that constantly repeats in that phrase. Remain. You see it over and over? Remain, remain, remain. Remain, that word literally means, some, some of y'all may have translations that say to abide. It means to be at home with. The one who re, uh, is at home with the Father. If what you've heard, the gospel message must be at home in your heart. If what you've heard from the beginning remains in you, if that's in your heart, then you will be at home with God the Father. And that word remains is a verb. It's a present active verb. It's Continuous state. If you will remain with God the Father, if the, if the word of God will be a truth in your heart, then here's the thing. You're going to be at peace. You're going to be at peace. Again, when we start going down that road of listening to saints' deceptions, one of the things that goes away is peace in your life. One of the things that goes away is peace. You know, sometimes I run into to people that say, well, I don't know if I'm a Christian or not. Well, okay, first starting point. Has there been a point in your life when you responded to God's conviction? Did you confess, repent, and receive Jesus Christ as Savior? And sometimes people say, yeah, but I just don't feel like I'm saved. Well, first of all, it's not a feeling. 
But here's another question. Are you living in sin? Because a lot of times, I know personally from my life, when doubt has started creeping into my life, when unrest has started to creep in my life, it's when sin is in my life. And when I'm harboring a sin or when I'm letting a sin be in my life. When I have fallen for one of Satan's lies where Satan says, hey, it's okay to do this. I am, everybody's doing it. I mean, come on. And that, that's the pressure that's being put onto the church today. Hey, you guys need to change your teaching because, look, our culture has changed and everybody's doing it. So you, church, need to get with the program and do like we're all doing. Uh-uh, that's deception. No, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's right, right? Y'all probably heard that thing. Just because everybody's jumping off a bridge doesn't mean you should jump off a bridge, right? But our culture is literally jumping off the bridge, and we're being told, hey, jump too. It's like, wait a minute, no. But that's Satan's deception. You see, when you're not walking with the Son, when you're, when you're not letting Christ, when you're not at home with Christ, and you're walking in darkness, there's no peace. There's no peace. You're not abiding in the Son. You're not abiding in the Father. Here's what John says, and this is important to remember this promise. And this is the promise that he himself made to us, eternal life. If you're doubting your salvation, A, you need to make sure that you truly have had that encounter with Christ. If you know beyond a shadow of a doubt when that happened and that happened in your life, then the next question is, are you walking in darkness? Have you put yourself back under the yoke of sin? Because the promise is you have eternal life. And when we start walking under sin, we start doubting that promise. I don't know about you, but I'm glad we have eternal life. Amen. I'm glad about it too. The older I get, the more I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go. Okay? Because the older I get, the less this world really appeals to me. It's all temporary. All right, I'm ready to go on. I, I, you know, again, I know it's Hollywood, but sometimes you see those futuristic shows, you know, and you hear the music, oh, and they're coming over the hill, and it's all beautiful, and everything's clean and wonderful, and I kind of think, I'm not saying that's heaven, but I kind of wonder what, you know, that's humanity trying to think of a better time. I know mine's even going to be better than that. Paul says your mind has, you can't conceive of what is waiting in store for us. But again, for a believer who starts falling into Satan's deceptions, there's no peace. There's no peace. They're going to be in turmoil. If you're in turmoil right now, you need to examine your heart. You've got to defeat deception. Here's why. Because deception also destroys your boldness. Satan doesn't want us to share our faith. Satan doesn't want us to be bold for Christ. Look at what he says in verse 27. The anointing that you received from Christ, from him, remains in you. That's a present reality. And you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie just as he has taught you remain in him. See, here's the deal. Every false teaching out there has its own book, has its own things. All right? So the Book of Mormon, well, we've got to improve on the Bible. We have the Book of Mormon. And then you've got the Koran. And you've got, you've got you know, all these other writings out here that somehow, every time there's a cult or a false religion, they always try to add to or replace the Bible. Here's what John says. Look, believer, you have what you need to know. What you need to know, at the end of the day, is Jesus Christ. That's it. Okay. You have the anointing. Now the question is, what is that anointing? Well, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. 
You have the Holy Spirit. If you were here on Wednesday night, we, we kind of, we've been learning on how to study the Bible, and we went through uh, John 14 and John 16 and other passages, and what can we learn about the Holy Spirit? And John says, you have this anointing. In verse 20, if you go back up to verse 20, it, we see that the Holy, this anointing is from the Holy One, that Jesus told his disciples, here's the deal, Jesus told his disciples before he left, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor who will be with you forever. If you're a follower of Jesus, you got him. Here's what Jesus said. The counselor, who he defines here, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name and he will teach you all things and everything I've told you. So you have the Holy Spirit if you're a Christ follower. As John says here in 1 John 2.20, he is from the Holy One. This is the counselor. This is the anointing. Jesus, here's what Jesus said about him. When the Spirit of truth, notice how, what he calls him, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own. But he will speak whatever he hears, and he will also declare to you what is to come. You have the Holy Spirit. John says you have what you need. And remember, folks, he is saying this to people who at this point did not have the New Testament that you have. There were letters circulating, but they didn't have a book like you had. All right, he's saying this to people that the Old Testament, they did have, but it was over at the local synagogue and scrolls. People didn't carry around Bibles when he said that. And he's telling them, and it's true especially for us now because we have it all, you have what you need, though. At the end of the day, you have what you need. John MacArthur said this, true Christians have a built-in lie detector. If you're a true follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, and when you hear that deception of Satan, you say, no, I can see that through that one. All right? I don't know. Uh, everybody in here has something you're probably specialized in. And, um, well, I'll just pick on my friend John. John's a farmer. I look out at a field, and I just see plants. John looks in the field, and he sees the kinds of plants they are. He can tell you at what point of maturity that plant is, probably how many months till that plant produces something. All right, he, he can tell that. John can probably tell by looking at the soil whether it's going to be a good soil or not. I just see a, a weed or something growing up there in the garden, okay? But John sees through a different set of lenses. When I listen to music... I hear it through a different set of ears than somebody who's not trained as a musician. I hear the nuances. I hear, hear the phrasing. I hear those things. Going back to the, the magician show, I, I watch those magicians, and I don't see it. But then Penn and Teller, who are two top magicians, they see what's going on. Because a lot of times at the end, they'll say, so, and they'll talk in code. And the magician's like, oh, yeah, you figured it out. I have no idea what happened. But they saw exactly what I saw, but they saw it through different eyes. Here's the deal. If you're a Christ follower, you have the anointing, the Holy Spirit, and John says you have different eyes. So when you turn on the TV, when you turn on the news, when you read the articles, you have that built-in lie detector. And if you're plugged in to the Father, if you're walking in the light, you're going to see right through it. MacArthur says, True Christians have a built-in lie detector and persevere in the truth. Those who remain in heresy and apostasy manifest the fact that they were never genuinely born again. 
So again, if you have a person that says, oh, I'm a Christian, and then they fall into this deception and they stay there and they're arguing for it, then there's a good chance they were never one of them to begin with. Even though they may be a professor of religion or on the History Channel as a PhD in religious studies, I could care less. Because if you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a built-in eye detector. So we have to defeat deception. How do we do it? Let me just give you a few points. First of all, you just got to remain in God. Again, if you go back to verse 20, which I referenced a second ago, but, but you, he's speaking to Christ's followers, have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you have knowledge. You have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit teaches us. And, and again, how does he teach us? He teaches us when you read the Word. That's why we encourage you to have some time in the Word of God. Our Sunday school teacher this morning in our, in our Sunday school uh, book have uh, a devotions, has a devotion for each day. I know different books are different. He challenges this week to all at least do one day of devotions uh, and talk about it next week. I want to challenge you to be in the Word. The Holy Spirit teaches as you read the Word, okay? He's, he speaks through that. He teaches us through the Word. He teaches us as we're listening to God's Word being taught. He teaches us as we put God's Word into practice in our lives. The Holy Spirit teaches us as we look at what we see out, outside of the church and what we see in God's Word. He teaches us by comparing and contrasting. Again, John says, you have what you need. You have that built-in lie detector. You know the commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love one another. You know. You have the knowledge. You know what to do. So what does a person who's remaining in Christ do? Well, look at what he says. Those who remain in him should walk as he walked. This is in verse 6 of chapter 2. In other words, if you're remaining in Christ, then you're going to behave like Christ. You're going to talk like Christ. You're going to act like Christ. You're going to live like Christ. At the end of the day, you're going to love Christ. God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor's self, and love one another. Defeat deception. Remain in him. Here's another one. Defeat deception by staying bold in your convictions. Defeat deception by staying bold in your conviction. Look at verse 13 uh, of 1 John chapter 4. Switch over to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to jump out of 2 for a second. 1 John chapter 4, verse 13. Here's what he says. This is how we know that we remain in him. You want to know if you're, whether you're really walking in the light? You want to know whether you're really remaining in him? He has given us assurance from the Holy Spirit. Again, if you're walking in doubt about your salvation, then you're apparently not walking in the light. A, maybe you've never been in the light, never responded to Christ. Or B, if you have, you're back into sin. Look at verse 15, chapter 4. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. There it is. That's how you do it. Go back to chapter 2, verse 28. So now, little children, remain in him. Why? So that when he appears, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Again, there's a command in there twice. Remain in him. It's a command because it's a, something we could not do. So he says, I want you to walk in the light. And if you'll walk in the light, I'm challenging you to do it. Walk with God. Stay in his word. Let him live through you so that you'll have boldness. You see, if we're cowering fear about our belief, then that's a good sign, A, you were never a believer, or B, you're walking in darkness. You're allowing sin to reign in your life. Again, stay 
remaining in Christ. Not out of duty, but out of thankfulness. How do you keep from being deceived? Live out love. Live it out. Live it out in your life. Look at what he says. Go back to verse 9, chapter 2. I know we're skipping around a little bit, but here I just want to tie it all. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother remains in the light. Again, that's just because it's one of the commands. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. How do you defeat deception? Stay firm in your conviction. Remain in God in your belief. Walk with him in the light and live out love. Love for one another. Love for God. Live it out. Let me just show you this on the screen for chapter 4. And we have come to know and believe that love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God. And God remains in him. So here's the deal. I hope we haven't lost you as we chased around the barn. Bottom line. Satan wants to do anything he can to deceive you. All right, that's what he does. He works through people. He works through institutions. He will do anything he can to deceive people. If they're unbelievers, he wants to deceive them into believing they're good with God. That's his first one. If he loses somebody because they responded to Christ, then he shifts to plan B with them. He wants to deceive us so that we'll drift away from God. So that we'll doubt our salvation. So that we won't be bold in our faith. And he does that by trying to convince us that maybe Jesus isn't who Jesus said he was. He deceives us by trying to get us to say that sin is okay. And start walking in darkness. He deceives us by trying to, to get us to believe that it's okay if we don't like each other. Or love each other. Satan's goal is to deceive the church. Because he wants to neutralize us, nullify us. He wants us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be any different than the world. Of course, we're called to be salt and light. And he doesn't want us to do that. Remember, there is a spiritual war out there. I hope, and again, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist guy, but when you turn on the TV, just watch through spiritual eyes. Let that anointing that you have in here, that built-in Holy Spirit detector, when you hear things, if you're like, that doesn't sound right, check it out. may not be. Okay? I don't know if we should do that. That's probably the Holy Spirit saying you shouldn't. Okay? Don't fall in deception. So here's my question for you. Are you being deceived? Are you defeating deception? As you hear those messages, are you saying, hey, that doesn't line up with the Word of God and throwing it out? If you're walking in sin, are you saying, wait a minute, I'm not going to continue going down this road. I want a relationship with God. I want to walk in the light. I'm going to repent. If you're an unbeliever, are you tired of running? Open your eyes. It's all temporary. It doesn't matter. You know, again, you need to have that relationship with Christ because without him, there's no purpose or meaning to this world. Let's pray. Father, it's so easy for us to fall into deception 
We're hearing so many messages out there today from so many sources and many even wearing the mantle of Christian, but at times they're just saying messages that honestly just don't jive with your word. God, I pray that we will stand against and defeat deception, that we will stand upon the truth of your word. We will stand on the fact that Jesus Christ is your son, died on that cross, rose again, for our sins. He rose bodily and he's coming back one day. Father, help us to stand firm in that conviction. Father, help us to live out Christ, to love one another, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. If there's sin in our lives, Lord, if there's some here who are struggling with sin, I pray this morning they'll repent, say, I'm done with that. I want to run back to the arms of my Savior. Lord, I pray that we'll go into this world with our eyes wide open. And Father, that we will be bold in our stand for Christ and sharing Christ with others. Father, so that they won't live a life and die in deception. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.